Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPAC. I'm John Popko from Shamrock Communications with Rock 107, Alt 92.1, and ESPN Radio. And our, our co-host, Brittany, uh, couldn't make it at the last minute. She had a, a family emergency, so uh, I, I hope her uh, grandfather is doing well. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, and uh, we're tackling a, a serious topic, 20 episodes in, I guess it's about time, uh, of uh, domestic abuse and uh, sexual violence. Uh, so we're here with uh, S- uh, Stephanie Santor and uh, f- uh, photographer Ashley Matthews of uh, Simply Lush uh, Portrait Boutique. Uh, they put together a, uh, an art exhibit called uh, Break the Silence uh, to Raise uh, Sexual Violence Awareness. It opens this Friday at the Leonard in downtown Scranton as part of First Friday, and uh, we'll raise money for the Women's Resource Center. Uh, so we're going to talk about those topics. We're going to talk about uh, the art exhibit itself, uh, photog- uh, taking photos of uh, these uh, people who have been through uh, hell and back, and uh, it should be, should be an interesting show. Uh, first up, uh, we're, we obviously have to uh, get to our sponsors and uh, yeah, and we have such beer. a terrible thing to do, right? No, this is this is the toughest part of the show. Yeah, uh, this this is the slog part. Uh, <laughs> beer Boys and Wilkes Bears are our newest sponsor. Uh, they have uh, seventy-two beers on tap, including thirty from Pennsylvania breweries. Uh, these guys are committed to craft, so each week they're giving us these uh, crawlers to drink. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be sampling these throughout the show. Uh, this time they've given us three different ones, so this is going to take us a little bit. The uh, this is a single origin coffee brown ale uh, by Terrapin Beer Company in Athens, Georgia. Now there's four different varieties. We have uh, three of them tonight. Uh, each one is brewed with the same base ale, uh, but they have different uh, coffees in each one from uh, from different countries. So tonight we have Ecuador. Indonesia and Kenya, so it should be interesting. What do you want first? Uh, What's the ladies' pick? What do you guys want? Yeah. Ooh. We're gonna do all three, so just yeah. get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see that one. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Thankfully, they uh, they label them for. Yeah. Of course, it's the. Uh, <laughs> it's the last one you pick. Yeah. <laughs> I was just holding it too, but this is a six point two percent. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna ask that. So, uh, and now they're all. I think six point two. Are they all? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Have your glasses. There you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was minor. Yours. I'll take the mustache on it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We'll have to save some for Gerard. Ooh, it like yes. Yeah. We'll give him the spit. <laughs> the ass, the ass of it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's it's yeah. very cotton. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's very like, like coffee forward. Yeah. Well, most of the time you just get the hint of coffee and the aftertaste. Right. But this really hits you with coffee. I like it. Yeah, it's good. I had to buy some of this. Beer Boys has crawlers, growlers, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what a growler is. What's a crawler? Oh, just that? This is a crawler. Oh. It is this <laughs> gigantic can oh. that you can only get uh, there. So it's, yeah, so it's like 32 ounces. I've never even heard of crawlers. And it's cool because it's sealed, so it's going to last a little bit longer than a growler would. All yeah, my craft beer friends are going to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's it's a block away, so you can stop in after this is over if you want to. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. We also uh, want to give a, a shout out to one of our other sponsors, the Keys in downtown Scranton. Uh, this Thursday is their weekly open mic. Uh, this Friday they have Cheap Seats, Give Up, Moral Code, and King Kidding. Uh, there are a couple bands that we've uh, written about on the site before. And next Friday, August 11th, uh, they're hosting the EP release show for uh, Coal Miner Canary, who is a local singer-songwriter named David Haig, who's uh, very good. Uh, we're going to have uh, some, some uh, content on him coming up. Uh, he's going to be playing with uh, Dennis Condusta and uh, Marcus A.D., who I guess is in from California because it's been a while since he's he's uh, been back around here, um, and uh, the FM Kirby Center, uh, who's also uh, one of our sponsors, uh, they have Dweezil Zappa coming up tomorrow night. That should be a good show. Um, let's see, uh, Gene Ween does Billy Joel on August fifth. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun show. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. And uh, Taj Mo, which is uh, Taj Mahal and Keb Mo. Uh, on August 10th, uh, so lots lots to do, uh, lots to do in the area, lots to talk about, but uh, we want to get to the subject at hand. So let's start with uh, what do you guys do professionally? Take it. Do you want me to start? Okay. Yeah. Um, currently, I work for an internet marketing company. Um, it's called NetDriven. It's located in Scranton. And I'm part of the internet marketing team there. And what we do is we build websites for automotive and tire companies. Hmm. So a lot of the work that I do involves uh, SEO optimization and, and back-end things with that, and then also copywriting. And I've been there for two years in June. Okay. Yep. Well, I own Simply Lush Portrait Boutique. I'm a photographer there. I do a lot of um, women's empowerment photography AKA boudoir photography. Hmm. Um, I really help, or I really enjoy helping women kind of like put that pep in their step if they're going through something difficult or just want to, you know, catch an essence of who they truly are sure. as a woman. Now, how do those uh, professions kind of play into uh, to this campaign, to what you're doing here? Um, well, being a women's empowerment photographer, um, I always care for women and their environment and everything they do. and. I've always been really optimistic, I guess, about like situation or like re like um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, we were just talking about this too, and I can't remember. But I've always been like really supportive of all women, no matter what happens. And Stephanie actually approached me to do this campaign and project and everything mm -hmm. like that. So because I, just, I knew that she, um, it was actually one of the shoots that she did. Was it? Late last year, but it was the body positivity body pos okay, yeah. shoot, and mm -hmm. I saw her blog about that, um, and then I said, "Yeah, that's that's the person that I want to reach out to." To I care about women's this. welfare a lot. That's the word I was looking for. Welfare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but. and I knew that she would be perfect for this project, so mm -hmm. I I'm the one that actually approached her. And as far as how it started with me, um, the experience that I had, it was personal, and it was also everything that I read in books, articles. Hmm. And then when I do that, um, it actually started on the night that I was watching a documentary and it's called The Hunting Ground. Hmm. And that's basically about sexual assault on college campus and girls fighting for um, Title IX, which is basically um, assistance for them fighting um, while they're still on campus and make it a safe space without 
supporting the perpetrator and having them intertwine in the campus and really sort of protecting the perpetrator versus doing what they need to do legally and um, within the, the school environment to kind of halt those things and stop that, that from happening. Um, and it just made me ask the question, well, what's happening here? What's going on right here? Is this happening here? Um, this is a difficult subject to talk about. It's not something that comes up in general general conversation mm -hmm. with girlfriends or people. Like, hey, have you ever experienced something like this? And to me, I was like, I want to find out what's going on. And then the number one thing was, what am I going to do about it? Right. And if I was going to start asking these questions, reaching out to people, that was the most important thing is what could we do to reach people to start initiating change and would it reach a national level with stuff no but i feel like it would still be important to do it on a local mm -hmm. level mm -hmm. and see what's happening here and to make it known that it's a very real thing that's happening right here in northeast pa so now, uh, could you explain what uh, the Break the Silence project is? There is an article on our website about it. A lot of people uh, shared it and seemed interested. But for anybody who didn't catch it, who didn't see the Facebook event or anything, can you talk about what, what it Break is? Break the Silence. Yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about, I guess, the story element of it if you want to talk about the yeah. photography yeah. side of it. Yeah, that's um, fine. But for me, it was to get personal on purpose. So I was looking for volunteers in the area and that's how I have everyone that is a part of this project I basically sent out a message saying hey this is a super sensitive thing um, but I'm reaching out for people that have had instances of this experiences and would be willing to share their story and volunteer for this project and I knew that for me coupling a story a personal story with an image that spoke to people especially mm -hmm. on the emotion of things the motion side of things that's kind of what I wanted to do with it and then that's when I reached out to Ashley and said would you want to work on this with me and I was so thankful because I mean I've grown up with a lot of like abuse abuse in my family and everything like that so it was just really important to me when she came to me and thought about that and brought up the body positivity project I did last year um, that was just like a project where you know women any shape size anything held up a sign saying something they loved about their body and i wanted to do something more emotional i guess as opposed to just holding up a sign saying i was sexually assaulted right. i wanted to do something different so pretty much what we did was all the volunteers that we had which i'm so grateful for everyone that has volunteered um we met with them one-on-one -on -one, got a story from them um, the story that they really wanted to tell, that they wanted the public to know, and they either remained anonymous or felt comfortable enough to share their name. And what I did was took an emotion out of the story that, like the overall emotion from the story they gave me, and kind of portrayed that in the portrait. Mm. So they're they're not just your typical holding a sign like this happened to me. So it's more vulnerable, I think. Mm. In a sense, like the photos are very, very powerful. And the stories vary because we wanted to give, we didn't want to say you had X amount to say in this amount of space and about this particular thing. What I wanted to do was say, hey, if you want to talk about your actual experience, the experience in the aftermath of how, if you told family and friends what their reactions were, mm -hmm. um, 
how you feel about the recovery process, the healing process. We basically left it up to them to say what they wanted to say and didn't really censor it at all whatsoever. Yeah, so um, we do have some stories that are like maybe a paragraph long, and then there are some stories that are like one to two pages, pages. long. Mm -hmm. And we will have, um, with the artwork that's being hung, we will have corresponding stories that they had for everyone. We'll be handing them out at the door, and there will be one hung by the, hung by the, wall. the photo mm -hmm. as well. Just that way case. people can mm -hmm. peruse, and if they want to move mm -hmm. around the gallery as they wish, they can just have the packet of stories, and they're numbered, and people can read them as they go. Mm -hmm. So Now, with, with you taking the types of photos that you do, you're obviously helping women kind of open up and yeah. uh, you know be themselves and feel comfortable and that kind of thing. Uh, did that help uh, you do the same but in a different way with these women? It was a different feeling, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I went into this knowing it was going to be kind of like emotional, like an emotional roller coaster, and I had no idea like I would feel as emotional as the women I was photographing because their stories really resonated with me. I would go to sleep like thinking of like what can I do with a story like what is a good photo to do and I would just keep thinking about it. and I would actually have pretty vivid nightmares <laughs> nightmares and like wake up and like just like I won't be able to go back to sleep but um, there's definitely a different feeling but I've also had a lot of the women tell me that they feel a lot better because they shared their story and like mm -hmm. it kind of there's a lot of I think there's a couple girls who have never even told anyone before what had happened so for them coming out and telling us and it just kind of takes a weight off of their shoulders I guess sure how did you how did you find these women she posted a I think we both posted a Facebook set a social media yeah okay. yeah so um I guess that's the best way and like it's I was kind of nervous like we wouldn't get anyone because it is such a sensitive subject sure. to um to right to and I do. think initially <laughs> I had said that it was going to be on this topic but I didn't say exactly what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And then I said, if you, if I think you were, we're still building the foundation. Yeah, at that like point. if you were right. interested, message me and let me know, and then I will have a private conversation with you instead of you know um, on the comment feed about mm -hmm. what we were thinking of doing. Um, and then to me, even the number that we have now, I, I it blew me away at the fact that these people were courageous enough to come forward and and say what they wanted to say because it is it, it is a tough thing it is tough were you, um, were you surprised at the number like there's this many people who were yeah and a, there's, experienced there's, it and and b wanted to talk about it yes yeah, um, and there's still people that were continuing reaching out to us while we were unfortunately yeah, during past the point and still not yeah still not, is there anything people. that sure. i could i could do i want to participate or how can i help it was overwhelming it was really it's crazy to see like that many people you know um, or even just bumped into occasionally, like, hey, I have a story, like, I, I, I want to share it with you. Like, and I've lived here my whole life, and what I experienced happened 12 years ago, and I was one of the people that I, it would be less than counting on one hand that know what happened. Um, and knowing that there are these women here, and they live right here, we're walking among them, that have had, um, Sim similar situations, varying degrees of it that you wouldn't even know. And then there's this network of people. And that was part of the other reason of the project why I wanted to do it was because I feel like we need to build a support system around mm -hmm. that to say, hey, if you feel, if you're not telling anyone, there are people out there that will believe what happened to you, um, talk about what happened, and that there's an outlet for it so that you don't actually actually have to live in silence for however long you choose to do that. Because mm -hmm. um, 
basically for me it was 12 years that mm-hmm. I really didn't say anything to anyone. Um, and then also inviting in to have it be a fundraiser for the Women's Resource Center. I also wanted people that may have not have thought about seeking help to know that they're a resource out there. Mm-hmm. So that even if you didn't choose to prosecute um, through law enforcement um, and take it that way, that you still have people that you can reach out to through this organization that can help you move through whatever you've experienced, whether it's sexual violence or domestic mm-hmm. violence, that they're here and they're willing and ready to help um, in whatever way you feel comfortable doing that. And what what kind of pushed you to break the silence, so to speak? Like, <sighs> why, why did it take so long and what what... 12 years later, why did it, like, I, I got to do one this? Of the, one of the main things for me was the fact that um, there was someone that I told in the early onset about a year later that I, I trusted and loved, and the reaction that I got was the reaction that we unfortunately hope when you tell someone you don't receive, which is the basic questions of what were you wearing that evening? Are you sure you didn't ask for it? Are you sure you didn't want it? Um, and my response to that was, no, absolutely not, I did not. Um, <laughs> and and the, the circumstances around it, they were aware of. And I'm like, I don't know how you can possibly still ask those questions and think that there, that there was any way, shape, or form that that would be the truth. And um, that kind of pushed me back into being like, well, if you're someone that I love and trust, if I'm reaching out to other people, is the response going to be the same? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point as well, I was um, a criminal justice major in college. It was my freshman year. And I kind of already knew that the odds were against me in right. saying anything. And I was hoping for different reactions, but that's not what I got. Um, so it, and then Right now, it started just recently seeing everything, um, like the Brock Turner case, watching that Hunting Ground documentary that I was telling you, that sure. it, 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 it pissed me off. Because finally, I feel after navigating through all the years it took for me to struggle with all of this alone, which I will admit is a long, hard road, now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to fucking do something about this now. Right. Like, I'm ready mm-hmm. to say something, and I'm comfortable enough coming forward um, to show my support for people that still might be in silence and to say things need to change because if they were that way back then and nothing's really happening now and listening to these women's stories and even ones that didn't participate in the story that reached out to us after, that whole mindset is very real mm-hmm. and, unf- and it lives here in our community, which was shocking but not to me because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear that but then when you do it just re- reaffirmed my mission to be like we, we really need to do something sure so can I give you a hug yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good Thank idea you. yeah <laughs> um and one of the other things too that I wanted to mention is that our as women were raised to it's the basic consensus of don't get raped. Don't watch right. what you wear. Um, watch what watch you where say. you're going. Don't walk alone at night. Don't dress inappropriately. Buddy system. Um, yeah, use the buddy system. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly be aware. So we're living every day with this daily threat of violence. And that it seems like it's society is making it up to us to defend ourselves instead of 
the other way around. <laughs> yeah. So instead of saying don't get raped, what we should be saying is don't, don't rape. rape people. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's that inherent hypocrisy that we have to groom women to grow up this way and to think this way, but that boys aren't taught th- these things right, from a yeah. young age. That mm-hmm. this is wrong, this is inappropriate, this is not the way to show your feelings, this is not the, the way to treat women. Things and like yes. That. And it comes to that learned behavior that we were talking right, about. Right, sure. because the majority of research shows this isn't something you're not, you're not born um, to rape people. It's an environmental thing that you learn to do based on how you're growing up, what you're exposed to as a child, as a mm-hmm. teen, as an adult. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like what we should be doing is saying, it, it's just, it's, it's common human decency. And I feel like teaching, changing the narrative instead of putting it on women, make it a men's issue too. And say, what are we doing? Re- like raising younger gen- generations about respect boundaries, mm-hmm. equality, consent, and you don't even have to sexualize those things. Those are things that, like I said, it's just common human decency to show respect for people, to understand boundaries of people. Mm. And I feel like we that's where we need to start directing this. Yeah. Sure. And then I feel like with this, this project, it's opening up an avenue to have these conversations and to stop making them uncomfortable. And then it's okay to talk about it and it's it's okay to teach kids these things mm-hmm. and that if you see this stuff happening you're not a loser or a nerd or um whatever else people might say because you're defending you're defending yeah. a woman mm-hmm. you're defending things that you're seeing don't just be a bystander be an engaged bystander yeah absolutely and actively stop your friend from making um a rape joke or comments that are demeaning to women like it's okay to say dude that's not cool to do that because I honestly in my eyes I feel the whole women don't get raped thing is bullshit to me I feel like we could do better as human beings yeah it sounds like it's almost like you guys are constantly looking over your shoulder like yeah. Like, right. Could that, that, could that, could that guy have those kinds of intentions? Right. You know? Absolutely. Right. Well, just for instance, I'll give you an example. I was out of town a couple of days ago. I was in Philadelphia. It was around 2 a.m. I was by myself. I felt so uncomfortable walking alone in a safe part of a neighborhood just because I was a woman. So I, I, I had to call like a Lyft or Uber or something. I was like, I just need to. Like, I just felt so unsafe. And what if some guy came up to you? And, and notice you were by yourself and said, mm-hmm. like, can I walk you somewhere? In the back of your head, would you be like, is this guy being nice to me or is he trying to... Right? It's a really hard question it's, to answer. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how I would I take think it just because... all the time. Yeah. yeah. Because most of the time I get commentary if I'm walking um, to lunch at work or anything, the, the number one focus is tattoos. So someone will come right up and be like, nice tattoos, I like your work. And they're talking nice to me. Yeah, or that. Yeah, that's actually what I got yesterday. Nice tats. And I'm like, oh, thank you. So then I briefly shut it down and I'm like, thank you. And then I keep moving on. Yeah. And I'm like, is this person being nice to me? Or are they starting to do something so that they could start making a comment about what I'm wearing or the fact that I have so many tattoos sure. or what does that mean because I do? But it's also it, sad that we have to think that way right. and... You know, we have to shut people out at the same time just because, I mean, yeah. statistics speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I like people. I want to have friendly conversations. Yeah. If someone's just standing there 
and you're at a bar or you're at a restaurant and you're talking, I want to be able to be like, oh, this is perfectly fine that this mm -hmm. is happening. But in the back of my mind always, I'm like, what, what, There's what are you trying? always on guard. Yeah, what always. Are, we're always on guard. So, yeah, back to your question. I'm not sure how I would have reacted. Maybe I would have blown them off simply because it's 2 a.m., Right, right. Somewhere and just like, oh, I'm a girl, you're a guy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's scary. It is scary. You know? And even for a nice guy who's trying to do the right thing, like, mm -hmm. you might blow him off and he's like, fuck you. Yeah. You know? Right. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a tough situation. It's sad that we have to be ingrained in, like, this fear all the time about anyone, really. Yeah. And there's there's so much uh, you know uh, the obviously the internet you know as much as I I like the internet my business is based on the internet we're doing this on the internet we're you know there's lots of good parts of the internet there are awful parts of the internet there are terrible parts of the internet and one of those big things that you see now and it's rising more and more all the time is this men's rights bullshit um, mm -hmm. that you see constantly and it's this constant you know uh, tearing down of this conversation every time somebody brings this up. Even in, you know, if we were having this conversation somewhere on, on a, a, a crappier corner of the internet, uh, you would immediately have people go, well, what about men who have been through this? Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And there's this whataboutism where we're, we're taking the conversation and we're, we derail it and we focus it somewhere else. Like, this is a topic. Millions of women go through this all the time. Mm -hmm. This is a serious epidemic. We need to address these issues. Stop trying to deflect them all the time and put it exactly. on other things. Absolutely, there are men who get sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, there are, women, there are men who are sexually abused. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about this and then talk about that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's such a problem with, with uh, any time you bring up anything on, uh, you know? Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter if it's this topic or another, you know, if it's politics. Yeah. It's, you know, you want to you wanna criticize this politician. Well, yeah, but what about what this guy did? Well, like, yeah, it doesn't matter what that guy did. We're not talking about him. We're talking about this yeah, person and what I they did. I think when we actually requested for volunteers, I don't even think we ge we specified genders at all. Mm -hmm. And I think all of them just happen to be women. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because I left yeah. it open up to anyone. Because we, we both know. Sure. I mean, we're... Because we're that's something that so. needs to be understood, that yes, the majority are, like, reported rapes are women, but they're men as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. There are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Little, and we're, we didn't overlook that at all throughout this entire process. The, the toughest interview I ever did uh, when I was uh, a reporter for a newspaper uh, was I had interviewed uh, uh, a man who was sexually abused by a priest as a child. And the Scranton Diocese tried to cover it up. They tried to never address it. Uh, they moved the priest around a dozen times. The same story that you've heard in uh, newspaper articles, documentaries, things like that. And it was something that always, it always made me mad. It always broke my heart. I hated that. So I wanted to talk to this guy who uh, had, he, he, had, he had, you know, buried it for a long time. And then he felt like he was more open to talking about it. And it was, it was just a phone conversation, but it was so difficult. I had the questions right in front of me and I'm still just like completely frozen. You know, and, and I usually don't get like that in interviews, but, but something like this that I was even, I was informed about, I was passionate about, just hearing this guy's story, I just, I wanted to break down, like, just, just hearing it in person. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how to formulate my questions in a way that wouldn't seem 
offensive or you know mm -hmm. touch a nerve in, in, in a way you know you, you're trying to talk about a, a sensitive subject and you maybe say say it the wrong way or something like that and and you know I didn't want to make it mad or anything the guy was I mean he was a great interview it was it was very in, you know uh, it came out to be a very good good story and everything like that uh, but it was so tough listening to that so I can't imagine uh, well, you listening we to these stories. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, everything, no one verbally told me anything. Everything was just written down and emailed to me for the most part. But reading them, it, it's sad that we kind of have to, like, tiptoe around this subject because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings or, sure. you know, you don't want to bring up any, like, trauma that they went through or, you know, ignite anything from the past. Right. But Even though that's the purpose of what you're doing. It is. You're trying but you still, to put like, the stuff to light, but you're also trying to do it in a way that's sensitive to the It was the very eggshell on the ground. Well, right. Very. And even personally, you think you've reached, like, for me, milestones where you're like, yes, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to talk about it. But even still, mm -hmm. I had anxiety writing my story, anxiety knowing that it's going to be there on Friday and people are going to be reading it. Mm -hmm. And sure. again, you know, like that's another, like a step that needs to be, um, that you have to come to terms with. And for me, it was, I, I wanted to do it because I, I'm ready like to do this and to say yes and to stop making the conversation, even for me, to feel shame about it. Mm -hmm. That are yeah. people going to think of me differently? Are they going to look at me as a victim now instead of just a person that had this happen to them? And I don't, I don't want that for me. I didn't want that for any anyone. of the girls in the project. And then anyone coming to see it that hasn't said anything to anyone or that lives with this in private in silence, I want them to know, like, you do not need to feel that anymore. Or if yeah. you do, it's going to pass and it's going to be okay. Because it's not, shame is not anything that should be attached to a survivor of any form of, of sexual assault, violence, or abuse at all. And well said. <laughs> how did your experience kind of change your life? Because obviously it was It terrible. flipped it completely I mean, upside like, down. How do, how do you... I don't want to say how do you live every day, but like how do you like? No, <laughs> yeah. seriously. I mean, like obviously, it's, it changes the way you look at things, the way you act, the way you feel. I mean, I appreciate these raw questions. I really do because this is like, yeah, kind of breaking the silence. I do. Yeah. Um, oh, you don't have to answer either. I just I no, just, and I and I want to. I'm just trying to think of how the best way to uh, approach this is. How did it change my life? It. I. The best way, and I've only written this in private journals. I haven't even said this to anyone actually until right now. It feels like that particular day I died and a new person came about mm. because it flipped around everything that I was before, everything that I thought that I was going to be. And it, it basically changed everything. And do I feel like I should have probably reached out to anyone, even a, a, a like a res like the Romans Resource Center. Yeah, I think I probably should have, which is another reason why I wanted to do this to let people know. Trying to do it silently, privately, it it's mental turmoil for years. Mm -hmm. um, you go back and forth with the feelings of the guilt and the shame. And then not knowing at the time that what I was experiencing was actually post-traumatic stress disorder. it my emotions went from feeling nothing for a certain amount of time to diving into a deep depression and then to having just emotions completely explode where mm -hmm. I was 
outward with everything that I was feeling. People weren't understanding what was going on and that I was dealing with this. And then it's taking that. It's kind of like a phoenix coming from the ashes because you're met. You, I personally, I don't know how this is for anyone else, needed to rebuild myself back up mm. inside my mind. And then also learn in that time to understand that it was not my fault, whatever scenario I put in my own head. Because it's bad enough when there's other people that you know and love and trust that you're looking for support are blaming you, are shaming you, the public is shaming you. You do enough of that in your own head, let me tell you. <laughs> and you, and it goes through your mind in loops for mm -hmm. a very, very long time. Um, but I feel like now, um, I don't want to say that it was something that I would ever want to happen to anyone, but I don't know if I would be who I am now without that happening because it just, it opened up myself in a can of worms to me and it sure. enlightened me to a lot of things that, and it also led me to the path of self-love, which I didn't have for the majority of my life. Mm. Um, I, I was very insecure. And then after that happened, I had a lot, dealt with a lot of self-loathing with it. And now I feel like moving through, it's like segments. I was telling a friend, it's like peeling layers of an onion. You uncover these things and you move through this process. And what I also wanted to tell these girls and anyone, there's no set time for recovery. It could take, it could be a year, mm -hmm. it could be years, it could be forever. And I feel like some elements with this, I'll be probably dealing with for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that because now I'm flipping it around and trying to make it a non uncomfortable thing and start doing something about it. Sure. And, and taking my experience and, and pushing it out there mm -hmm. to try to make the changes. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Very brave. I must say. She is a pretty brave woman. <laughs> now, She's getting deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think I was going to be going that much into it. And I, I figured it would come up, but I didn't think it was going to be the, <laughs> sure. yeah. Um, but yeah, every girl that participated in the in yeah. the project, I we stressed that throughout the whole thing about mm -hmm. how brave and, and and proud and and awesome we think they are for they are they're yeah. great. Thank you guys. I don't yeah. know where the, where the, which camera yeah. it is, but thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and if if you have any questions or comments for these ladies or anything like that, please leave them down below. We will uh, address those pretty mm -hmm. soon. Uh, we do have a couple so far, but uh, we would like you know plenty more. We'd like you to join this conversation as much as you can. The the other thing is is how do you you know then you know you you've you've heard these people's stories you know you you see their pain how do you capture that in uh in a respectful way but still uh get the emotion that you need from those photos that that people can see that and they understand what's going on in it you know it's 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 not something that yeah. you can just easily she did do. an incredible before you even answer she did an incredible job i oh thank you i was blown <laughs> away um i guess it's just really like I said, like all their stories really resonated with me. So once someone gave me their story, I would just read it over and over and really just find that overall emotion. Be like, all right, how can I depict this emotion mm -hmm. into a photo? Like, what can I do? Like, instead of just, like I said, holding a sign and saying, like, I'm sad. Sure. Like, how can I depict that? And I didn't want to do your typical, like, BuzzFeed story things like your anxiety photos where, like, I can't even, what's the example I used when we met that one time? Like, 
Oh, oh I, you have anxiety and you're in the corner, like sitting like a BuzzFeed article. Like sure. I didn't want to do like stuff like that. A stock photo, right. right. emotions. Like I didn't yeah. want to do that. I really wanted to stray from the path with that. And um, the one image actually that we're using for all our advertising, she's actually um, she's a supporter. She's not an actual. Um, I guess you can say like victim because we, we did invite supporters victim? too. If they um, we did to be invite supporters, in the project. Um, so her overall um, tone of her story was pissed off because no one like believed her sister that went through all this stuff. So right. it's really just dead on staring at the camera, like just really pissed off. And it, and it, it brings up an important point mm -hmm. that they're not the only victim. That just because you didn't go through it mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you're not victimized by what this person did because it being her sister. I mean, that's something that's going to be close to your heart. Absolutely, you're going to see yeah. what she's going through. It's going to affect you too, Absolutely. because you're going to you're going to try and help her, and then hit the same walls that maybe she hits. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to tell people that story and trying to get people to believe you and Absolutely. to do something about it. Especially if it gets you know involved with the police or any legal things or things like that, then it's a whole other level. You know, like the the stuff that you see. You know, it's it's always it's dramatized on things like. Uh, you know, Law and Order SVU and things like that. You mm -hmm. see it all the time. But I think it's very different to see these things in person and to talk to these people directly and people who are actually going through it, not just an actor or something like that. And that's that. why we mm -hmm. wanted to make it this personal. With as the well as we could. Yeah. 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 Um, because one of the myths we were trying to debunk as well was the fact that a lot of people's arguments are, well, rapists are depraved criminals that are like coming into the night and then leaving town and disappearing and you never see them again. Sure. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, I am gonna shoot out some statistics at you, but 51% yes. of reported rapes are from intimate partners. 41% are acquaintances. So that's 92% of reported rapes are people that you know. And that's one of the things that I wanted to stress. It is your friend. It is your coworker. It is your sibling. It is a family member. It's a classmate. It, it's your neighbor. Yeah. And that's, to me, it's like I just I wanted to to emphasize that because this isn't something. It isn't something that's just done by strangers. It's people that you know. Yeah. Um, which makes it harder too because then in the whole victim blaming and shaming realm you get people within your community or even your own friends that you know and trust that know of these things and continue to support and protect abusers sure um because they don't want to believe it themselves right you know, they don't or they, they don't want to see this person this way so they're right. automatically defend them just because they're the, your friend or mm -hmm. whatever else not realizing that, that, that people are capable of these right. things. Right, and then it makes, that's why it's so important to stress that we want to make it a, a men's issue because women feel like we're screaming into a void. Sure. And no one is listening. And most of the time, we're not saying this just to say it. These are things that are happening, and they continue to keep happening. Mm -hmm. And then when we spiraled this out with this project, just some of the things that we were learning from other local women, it's evident right now. There's harassment that are happening to people that we know, stalking that's happening to people that we know, mm -hmm. um, family members of, of people that were that said like, hey, I'm gonna be a part of this project and they were, or friends, and they were met with backlash with it. Like, well, oh, your situation isn't as bad as some other people's situation, so you should consider yourself lucky. Right. No, <laughs> and, no, mm -hmm. uh, she's fortunate that she 
had the ability to escape a rape situation. That mm-hmm. doesn't make it any less. Any less, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. to not diminish <laughs> To not diminish her situation, like he because, did. Yeah, it just <laughs> I do. It, it sets a fire, and like, I I get angry. None of those actions are okay, no matter how far it goes. Whether it's like, you know, talking to someone inappropriately, or just putting your hand, like being touched, and you don't want to be touched. touched. Like it's right. just it's inappropriate. And it I think it's how far it goes. Yeah, and I think it's hard for um, for people to grasp the fact that just because you're not violently raping a person does not mean that what you're doing that you consider maybe a social norm or a male norm isn't sexual violence because it is harassment is sexual violence Mm -hmm. um child abuse is sexual violence um touching a person in any way without their consent is sexual violence Mm -hmm. um and it just amazes me that there's just the denial or excuses that are made um, to say that that's not that's I, not how it is. You know, I, I know a, a woman. She she posts about it pretty regularly on, on on Facebook to kind of raise awareness of the stuff that she goes through. But she has very brightly colored hair and tattoos, so immediately she's a target wherever she goes, and constantly gets catcalled wherever wherever she goes. Whether it's just going to the grocery store, she's just trying to live her life. You yeah. know, just do very basic things. Walking you know? down the street. Walking down the street, going to work, driving in the car, people shouting from cars over. Like, it just, it, it, it's this constant harassment that, like, never ends. And I just, I read this stuff and I'm like, I can't, not to say that I can't believe it, because I, I know you, that you I've can. seen this stuff happen, but it's just so... You know, it's amazing that, you know, this happens so regularly. Yeah, just, and why these not... people feel the need. Why are you... that? Because that was one of the questions I was asking. Why do you feel the need to do that? Right. And yes. what are you trying to accomplish with that? And I feel like that comes back to speaking to younger people and generations to say that is not a socially accepted norm anymore. Sure. We're not going to accept that that that's not a way to show bravado or male camaraderie by by mm-hmm. doing that to women. Yeah, yeah just, I don't know if I'm naive, but I wasn't raised that way. So, like, when you when you see cars driving on the street, you see a girl walking down, you hear the beep, it's like, yeah. what is that even doing? Like, for, like, the guy. Well, yeah, well, how does that help? Yeah, like, that doesn't increase your chances When has it ever way, ended you know? well like, for the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, Let's never, be real. It never, it never <laughs> so that makes me want to pull over my car and go, yes, are you single? <laughs> Can I date you? Right. <laughs> never not once. Yeah. yeah. That no, has ever never, happened. Never happened. Or the, no. Wh- or the whistling. Or everything you just said, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just how, how I was raised and brought up or people I associated myself with that just, they just didn't do that or pressuring people into dating or yeah. you're at a bar and you're pressuring someone to talk to you if they're not interested then they're not interested yeah. and move on yeah right I, I just feel like if it's seen as a type of conquest thing like I feel a, like that's kind of turned into more of assault now anymore if um, someone I'm not gonna throw genders out there and just blame one gender but if someone is interested in, in another person and the person shows no interest back, that person automatically backlashes and like calls them a 
a oh, bitch yeah. or yeah, a bitch. And yeah, it's just like why? Because they're not interested in you. Sure. Like that's I think that's harassment in itself, right there. You, yeah, you see that all the time. You know, uh, people post stuff from dating sites and things like that. They'll mm-hmm. get a message from somebody and they'll say, "Hey, hey, beautiful, how are you?" You know, that kind of thing, trying to get them in a conversation. And then they literally just maybe won't even respond. Just I'm not going to respond to this person. Mm-hmm. You, you bitch. Who the yeah, hell are you? You, 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 yeah. you? You're a whore. You're that's this like, and that. That's like, like social media wow, calling. Within with seconds. Like, yeah. Within yeah. seconds. Like the, their their brain just snaps. Yeah, and they turn to this other person. You're like thinking, how many of these guys are there? How many of these freaks are what out there? What makes you, like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not funny, it. but it's funny. Like, right. these guys, like, it, that, that, yeah, that they think can that that's that acceptable and that's okay. how are you? Like, my wife's got messages before that she just doesn't respond to and... Or even men <laughs> messaging women that they that are obviously taken. Yeah. Yeah. And, sure. It's happened to me. It has. Yeah. It has. And it's just, do you not have respect for another person's relationship? Do you think that you're going to woo by saying, de- <laughs> like, demeaning comments to them that it's just going to be like, I'm going to leave my boyfriend or my husband right now definitely for you, especially the way that you spoke to me because I just, <laughs> you know, you're romanticizing <laughs> me right now by, by telling me I have a nice set of tits or you like my ass or right. something, <laughs> you know? I, I just, it blows my mind. It gets me heated. My face is probably red right now because I'm angry. <laughs> it really does. It makes me so But I did want to bring something up, and this was actually from the annual report from the Women's Resource Center, because I I wanted to pose this out to the masses. Yes, we also, we we do have a link uh, if you want to donate to the Women's Resource Center. It's pinned right on top of the conversation there if you want to... uh, to donate, uh, they will be raising money at the event too. Yes, so it, from six to nine, we're well. we're raising donations the entire time, and it's cash or check. It is so. a, it is free admission. Yes, so yeah. you can absolutely come. Um, all ages are absolutely welcome. Welcome. Um, I'm not sure if some stories are age appropriate for anyone under. 16 but or the 18. images certainly are. The images so, are safe. Yes. Images are safe. Um, but yeah, so it's free to come in, and we are doing wine and soda donations, and we will also just have, like, a donation jar. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. At the Leonard. At the At Leonard. The Leonard. Yeah. Yes. In Scranton. Yes. In Scranton. So, um, I met with one of the counselor advocates, and she handed me over the annual report, so I have some numbers for you guys. So, last year, because they do this report annually, the counselor advocates provided services to 1,655 survivors of domestic violence, and 316 survivors of sexual assault. And this is just in Lackawanna County and Susquehanna County alone. The advocates provided 9,015 hours of crisis intervention and counseling services to these survivors. And then the Women's Resource received 9,300 calls last year alone, 9,300. Wow. So what I wanted to pose was, these are just the people who chose to reach out to the Women's Resource Center for help. So one, how many others did not reach out to the Women's Resource Center directly or choose not to seek help at all and remain silent? Mm. So I wanted to say, think about the bigger picture. Take these numbers, average them based on location and size of a county, then account for every county in Pennsylvania, then every county on the East Coast, and then every single county in every state nationwide. And just picture those numbers. Right. If this is just in Luzerne and Southwest. Right. Yeah. And these are just ones where they're seeking organizations like the Women's Resource Center for help. But how many others do we know that haven't seeked help at all whatsoever? Sure. 
So just to put some things into into perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nationally, you know, they, they say one in five women are raped in their lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's that's just rape, not mm-hmm. sexual assault, you know, not, you know, all the other things that we talked about, domestic abuse, you know, things like that. That's, and it's one in 71 men. It's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know. It's insane when you think about it because you know that means out of your, just your group of friends, you know full well that several of them have probably been through that, Maybe you know, whether they've something. talked about it or not. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's specific to, and not that it matters because it mm-hmm. doesn't, but specific to certain cultures or, you know, certain circles, low-income race, not, again, not that it matters. So. Not well, that it one matters, of the so. things that I wanted to bring up, um, and I do believe the Women's Resource Center mentions this in some of their information, but they say that oppression is one of the root causes of sexual violence. So the reason why we need to change the conversation is because of the fact that sexism, racism, classism, homophobia is still rampant in our country. Sure. And I feel like that is something that people could hold on to because they know that that exists. So even if you know that that exists and can put two and two together, that that is a root cause of sexual violence, it, as we said before, like nobody, nobody is born a rapist. It's an environmental learned thing, whether it's through your family life, whether it's through what's happening in your peers, in high school, in college. I just feel like it's this mentality still that we're living with this, um, this male dominance thing and the fact that you have to assert your power over people. And one of the big messages um, for us and for the Women's Resource Center is that it, we know not every man is a rapist. We're not trying to say that. But the, the people that are witness to these sort of things, just be an engaged bystander about it and mm-hmm. say something if you see it. Um, especially they have community outreach where their advocates go out and speak to um, local high schools, teaching them about consent. Mm-hmm. But it's not even in a sexualized way. Again, it's back to human decency about raising people to believe in equality and respect and brown and like boundaries and to understand what consent is mm-hmm. and to do that in a way where we're starting to shift the focus away of that it's a women's problem and we have to know not how to get raped daily under the constant threat and shift the focus to where it's all of us making a consorted effort to make the changes we need in our community and then have it keep spiraling out mm-hmm. so the, 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 I've, I know a lot of people who have volunteered with the Women's Resource Center, done work for them or anything like that, and the stuff that they do is, is really amazing. I mean, they've, uh, you know, I was looking at their, their website that they've helped over 50,000 women in, yeah. just mm-hmm. the, in just these two counties, just in Lackawanna and Susquehanna alone, you know, over the years. And, it, you know, they also have a, a, you know, a safe house where women can go take their children, things like that, if they need to, to get out of the house. Which is exactly mm-hmm. what the donations, I was just say it. <laughs> all of the proceeds from this event are going directly to their carriage house renovation project. So this is going to be a new safe house for them. Mm-hmm. Because when I reached out to them, I said, what do you want generalized donations to a specific thing? And, and like, we really need the funds for this carriage house renovation. So this is going to mm-hmm. be another place where people escaping domestic violence, sexual violence, women and children, they have a place to go to. So at every single dollar that is raised at this will be going, going directly to them. To them. <laughs> 
then for that yep. particular project so that they could um, continue the renovations for that house. That's really yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's great that they were, you know, so accepting of this this project and everything too. You know, they're the they, first place I wanted to reach out to. Mm -hmm. We thought it, they would be perfect, and instead of absolutely, it, it is an awareness exhibit, an awareness campaign. But I also wanted to be able to. I know it's doing good in and of itself, but if there was a way where I could get people in, and we could get them to see these things, see these stories, see these images, but also have it a way to raise funds for them. Yeah, and I, sure. which is why I think we worked so greatly together because I usually do a lot of donations for my business to the Women's Resource Center because it just mm. means so much to me for what they're doing for our community. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they work tirelessly. Yes, they do every single day. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's trying on anybody, you know. I, I'm sure it was trying just to do this project. Never mind counsel people like this every day and help them in yeah, their situations and absolutely. things like that, you know. It's it's great. Yeah. Shall we uh, shall we wrap up then? Uh, we we do want to. Well, you want to try it? We'll get another one of these. At least one more, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I haven't even finished we're the getting, first yeah. one. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we need. I think we're getting thirsty here. Yeah. Brown. All right. So, which one's the other ones? Ecuador. Yeah, a lot of talking. And Ecuador and Kenya. <laughs> which one? Ecuador or Kenya? Gonna... Where are we going? Oh, I need to finish <laughs> this one. Kenya. 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 All right. Now, if, uh, again, if you if you want to leave any comments or questions or anything like that, I saw a few uh, of people. You know, I'm not going to call them out specifically that said they can they can relate to what's going on here and. Um, that, uh, you know, people are, you know, too scared to say anything, and that's that's what this, this project is all about. So, you know, we're glad to, to have this conversation and to talk about these things. We know it isn't easy for anybody to, to deal with this, and, uh, you know, I think we all know somebody who has been through it, whether it's in our own family or friends or whomever. Thank you. And whenever you, you, whenever you want. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna. <laughs> not gonna <touch> this. <laughs> I'm very excited for for Friday. Yeah, it's a weird subject to be excited about, but the sure. whole concept is just very. We've worked so hard, hard. both of us. Oh my gosh! And we always feel ourselves saying that we're excited, but then we're like. You know, it's, excited yeah. because it's happening, but <laughs> right. not excited about the, the subject. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but I'm hoping with this that even if there's people uh, attending that know someone or or have experienced it themselves, yeah. just to to glean something from. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. I like <laughs> like to glean something from the stories or the images, and to know that it, the community we support you and that mm -hmm. we're here. Um, Stephanie will be collecting more stories as well. Okay. Um, we're not necessarily going to do more photos with them, but she sure. is thinking about putting yeah, expanding together. the project. And that if there was anyone that was still interested, or after viewing the exhibit, thought mm -hmm. that they wanted to reach out, um, I created a specific um, email address for it so that you can message me directly. Mm -hmm. um, it will be at the show. Yeah, and I'm it sure will be it will be on the blog too. We will be posting a blog about the show about a week after. Now, is, is there, um, 
it brings up after after Friday. Somebody say can't make it to Friday. Is there another uh, way that they can see these photos or, or check out the exhibit or anything like that? Um, unfortunately, we're only able to keep the doors open um, that evening. Um, I will be the following Thursday, though. I will be posting a blog with all the photos and hmm. the stories. Oh, great. That are shown in the gallery. So so people will be able to, to see that link. At, uh, what, what, where, what is your website? Um, you can access it on www.simplylushphoto.com next, th or, yeah, next Thursday at 1 p.m. Okay, mm -hmm. great. And what I'm hoping is that somehow, some way, even if it's not specifically this exhibit, that things will keep continuing. Yes. Um, yes. With yes. the campaign. Yes, absolutely. And, and having stuff happen. We're not going our separate ways after this. No, no, that's not happening. No, no it's not. <laughs> and this project I've got you is, hooked. Yeah, and this project <laughs> itself is not is not dying with this one particular exhibit. Absolutely not. We hope that we could we could do a lot more sure. with it in the community and well, keep trying to spread the message. <laughs> there, there's such a strong arts community, uh, you know, particularly in Scranton. Mm -hmm. You see it yeah. every first Friday, things like that. That I, I think you're gonna. I'm sure other people are probably going to reach out, want to want to do something with this too. You know, other people are going to want to you know participate in some form or another. Or we are absolutely willing to do that too. Mm -hmm. So cool. Completely open to everything. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think of this one? It's good. <laughs> All right, that's I a great idea. I haven't tried it's it yet. All right. <laughs> Again, the coffee notes. So. Right. This one's more subtle than I think. I think the other one yeah, is. Definitely. Yes, uh, I would not, agree with that. You know, mm -hmm. not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna take too much. Because <laughs> the other one was like, really, really out there. You know, really. I have to say, I dig this one. I think more so than the other. Yeah, this yeah. one has it, it, yeah. it has a has a richness to it mm -hmm. at the end. It's a little smooth. Yeah, it's smoother. Smoother. Right. yeah. Okay. Smoother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, definitely I don't know smoother. the correct terms either, yeah. but it's definitely smoother. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a beer craft person, I'm sorry. But it's good. It tastes like a little bit of coffee. And I like, I like it, but my knowledge is not extensive on craft beer, so yeah. I'm I'm no connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at drinking it. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, we just like it. That's that's about where we're it's it good. there. We're not Go to beer boys and get some. Yes, yes, absolutely. This is not a beer review show. We have beer reviews every Friday if you want. You want and I those. would be honest. And I'm being honest. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah. damn good. <laughs> it really is. Well, uh, the the, uh, the exhibit uh, is this Friday from six yes. to nine at the Leonard Theater. Mm -hmm. um, for those who just tuned in or, or you know didn't uh, didn't hear us uh, uh, plug that earlier. <laughs> Uh, and then it'll be available on, on uh, her website uh, about a week later or so. Uh, we'll we'll uh, share that link as well on our Facebook page, thank you. And thank you. Twitter, and, thank and everything you. too, so that people can can catch. And that representatives from the Women's Resource Center will have a table there. So yes. if there's if you want more information, they have plenty of stuff that's going to be there. Um, some counselor advocates, one of their interns, and I I believe the director herself mm -hmm. will be there. So yeah. really excited for that. It'll be a big night. Yeah. <laughs> hope so. I, I encourage you to, to check out the Women's Resource Center website. Uh, mm -hmm. There's plenty of resources on there for you or anybody that you might know that's going through anything like this. And, uh, you know, please, if you can, uh, leave a donation to them, either that the link uh, that we, uh, we said is in the comments earlier, or, uh, you know, you can give one in person at the mm -hmm. event. And it's in conjunction with the first Friday. So if you're thinking, well, I'm not going to just go to Scranton for one event, 
stuff there. So there's actually a lot of good stuff happening yeah. this first Friday. There like, is. This is going to be a great first there Friday. There is. That's a good block to be on in general. It there's really is. It really like, is. It's a really happening. There will be a lot going yeah, on and then all the, over the city. There's the integration um, this time around of North of Mulberry. So the Scranton Cultural Center is partaking. Oh, Posh okay. is partaking. Mm-hmm. There's um, First Friday Female Voices that's happening at the Albright Library. So there's going to be a lot. It's going to be good. It's yeah. a good Friday. Yeah. Too bad I, I have to miss half of it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, we have to be here and it's Maybe our event. Maybe I can event, sneak out yeah. for like right. a minute. We can take turns. <laughs> and you could go and then I'll go. We'll cover each other's shifts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, have, I have to promote uh, Black Tie Stereo. It will be playing on the fifth floor of the Scranton Times Building. Oh, in our radio oh. theater. So yeah, that, never that's, been up there. I did hear about that on the radio. So yes, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, we just started doing that uh, the last last month. And I remember thinking when I heard it on the radio, that's awesome that they're doing yeah. that. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> I didn't even I had no idea. Kind of my own stuff, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it happens. Are, are you guys playing any other events? Come is Alt ninety two one doing anything else coming up or anything like that? No, unfortunately, Altitude was canceled yeah but uh we'll, we have some stuff coming up that'll hopefully replace that and uh you know get you guys back in our good graces or <laughs> us back in your good graces we had the comments but, on that were pretty, oh gee pretty i rough. don't want to get started on that <laughs> everyone knows how to book a show everyone knows how to run festivals everyone knows <laughs> yeah. what we should have done just, just replace it no big deal yeah okay we'll do that in a month okay. yeah uh, yeah in, uh, just in a few weeks you yeah, know before so. the show yeah. and then they'll and if we did that they'd complain that it was no good right so exactly yeah whatever yeah it is, it is what it is not being negative yeah <laughs> positives only yes we're, we're ending on a positive note so Thank you so much uh, for tuning in tonight and uh, joining our conversation. You can always leave comments after the show uh, if you didn't catch it live or anything like that. And thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Seriously, it means a lot. Yeah. Well, it's cool. You know, everyone can say, like, this needs to change or we need to do things. But it's different when somebody actually does it. So... Yeah. Yeah. Practicing what you preach. Yeah. 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 yeah and I'm guilty of it. This should change. I'm not gonna do anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it right? happens. It happens. But yeah. so Yeah, you awesome. you watch you yeah, watch a documentary on Netflix, you get fired up. Yeah. But it's a matter of actually going out and doing it. And seriously, that. but that's how it started. The exactly. Hunting Ground documentary. And it enraged me. Sweet Vicious for me was it. M T V show, I don't know if you ever seen it. I recommend it. I'm not their mm. demo. <laughs> what? I'm out of their demo. Their demo. MTV. What do you mean? Their uh, demographic. Oh, oh. I was like I was demo, like, like a like a preview. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a good show, Sweet Vicious, and I'm gonna have to watch what you said. Yeah, the Hunting yeah. Ground is very good. Um, that's focused basically on on um, college campus sexual assault um, and date rape on on campus and what happens in the aftermath um but then also the thing that we were talking about about making this a men's issue the macho paradox by yeah, jackson katz is a really good book and that basically dives in depth about what we were talking about about how men could take an active role in in changing these um like the social norms and things around Absolutely. this and how they could become the engaged bystander versus mm-hmm. not knowing what to say and like how to have those uncomfortable conversations with people. So it's a, it's a really good, mm. it's a good book. 
the uh, the Keepers is also a great documentary on yeah. Netflix as well. It's yeah. like a documentary series uh, that they uh, came out maybe a few months ago. Really, really interesting stuff. You know, true story uh, about the Catholic Church and things yes. like that. Really, I didn't start watching that, but I have that oh, geared man. up to watch. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 I heard it pulls you in, and then you're in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's definitely one of those. They have kind of a history now of, of doing these these kinds of documentaries, and I hope something comes of it because it's like. It also goes into an unsolved murder and everything else too. It's just it's it's crazy stuff. Hmm. But uh, thanks again for uh, for tuning in and yeah. uh, for listening to us talk about this. We didn't we didn't get thank to you this beer one. boys. Yeah. We didn't get to the last one. But <laughs> sorry, we'll, we'll sorry. Enjoy it. We, we'll definitely Ecuador. If you guys like uh, craft beer, head to Beer Boys on North Washington Street in Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. Thank you guys again. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody.